Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions, several national champions, and uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite level programming available, video tutorials. Uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. Um, to get all your lifts analyzed so you get elite level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positionsofpower.programs.app. Go there and get yourself started. <laughs> We're back. Six-pack lap at that. Arian Messi Kamesi. Big Bill could be Wild Bill, depending on his picks. You never know, but he's always sassy, Bill. And we got game day coach legend Matt Gary, literally the man who wrote the book on it, and he's mm-hmm. stepping in to join us. It's been a minute, Matt. Well, we I guess we just did another podcast with Sheffield, but before that, anyways, it's been a minute, sir. Thank you for having me back, man. I'm, I'm honored. It's always a pleasure. My dude, the honor is, is all mine. Um, so we got the Powerlifting America Nationals ahead of us. Admittedly, this is essentially a world's team qualifying event. It's not a Nats in, in the glory of the, the previous USAPL Raw Nats where it's a thousand people showing up. This is very much top-end loaded with a lot of previous national champions and world champions returning, looking to cement themselves and go to the IPF worlds. Some of them are going to be walkthroughs. You know, they're not going to face a lot of opposition. It's a time to maybe sharpen the swords and we'll see where they're at. Uh, We'll get into the divisions, but this would be obviously a Heather Connor or Taylor Atwood who hasn't really had too much competition regardless anyways. It doesn't matter who shows up apparently, but that's Taylor Atwood. Um, And other people are in the midst of a battle, like uh, Chelsea and Kristen Dunsmore in the 66s or the 93s. And that's when it gets dicey. If you want to go to the world's and chase your world's dream, well, unfortunately, it doesn't matter how thin the roster is. Sometimes somebody shows up and it's a battle. So we're going to have our picks. We'll also give uh, just for fun, because there is a lot of world champions in the mix in here. And who's going to be in the top five is going to be interesting when you have that many world champions. You could argue, <coughs> excuse me, that this might be the most stacked Certainly that we've seen so far in quite some time since world's least in one particular event with this many national and world champions. Um, as the year rolls by, we're going to have more international events. U.S. Raw Nats is going to be pretty stacked as well, but this is a very stacked card 
but it's all killer, no filler. So we'll do our top five and looking at the good lift points. And to make the top five, I mean, we got several world champions on the men's and the women's. So this is going to look like an all-star team when we do our top fives. Uh, but with no further ado, gentlemen, um, let's start off. Well, let's mention really quick the um, qualifying process for the national team. You do, because it's not just winning. It's not just winning. You're in this time. Um, so what they're doing is to make sure that the um, the level of competition is going to, you know, to worlds. They've set this thing called the Carpino um, score, which is basically they take they kind of look back at the last three years and they find a number that would place fifth pl- at fifth place or better. I'm sorry, at fifth place um, throughout all three of the last world championships in that weight class. And they've kind of set that as the the total you have to hit, you know, quote unquote qualifying total to make the team. So we'll basically kind of run through that. I have all those numbers. So once we talk about the weight class and, you know, who we think is going to win, then we'll kind of look at those numbers to make sure they'll hit those because there's possibly some weight classes that won't send somebody because they don't hit the actual qualifying total. Therefore, then we might have to go to the alternate list, you know, a second place lifter from another weight class that does hit that total. And uh, we'll, so we can see, you know, how the, the team looks like it might shape up for the uh, for June Worlds. Very good. And you know what? Thank you for that. And yeah, this is essentially, like we said, a qualifier for the Worlds. The Worlds is the big ticket. Everyone wants, just wants to get the World Championships. And um, having said that, some of these people in these super tight battles, even if you come in second, your world championship hopes are not over just yet. And there might be a rematch. And then you sprinkle in some other people from around the world, uh, like the 93s and 66s. And oh my gosh, we're going to have some fun. So yeah, there, there's some, there's some layers to this. Let's start off then um, with the 59 kilo men. Arian, what are we looking at here? We do have a legend in the mix. I was going to say, we, we probably have one of, or if not the most accomplished powerlifter in this meet. And I, I would probably assume he's probably the, the longest uh, competitor. So Eric Kupperstein has 10 Masters titles, um, and he's been competing for decades, both on the raw side and the quip side. He also competes in, in weightlifting. So like he'll do a USA weightlifting meet, uh, I think a few weeks after this Nationals. So on both sides, he competes and he's competitive and has won titles. Um, he is obviously on the older side as well. He's competing with the Open. We'll see if he can make the Open team with the Carpino that Bill said. It's at 559. So his best is list, list at 600, but that was quite a while back. So it that would be a day one kind of set things up. Does he hit that 559? If he doesn't, he falls into the alternate pool, and it starts opening things up for, like you said, the 66s and the 93s. What do you think? Yeah, literally, time? he's the only he's the only 59 there. So his only job at this meet is to hit 559. That's it. <laughs> He hits yeah. that, he goes to Worlds. If not, then he's, you know, national champ again, but, you know, you know, on the outside looking in most likely. And the other cool thing about Eric is he probably has the widest squat stance of anyone you've ever seen outside of like a multiply, you know, guy that's in a model. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, <laughs> he's the opposite it's, it's, of it's a multiply wild. guy. He's a 59 <laughs> yeah. kilo master. <laughs> it's it's funny when he walks out of his squats at the meet because the spotter loaders for those who have never seen him they don't expect him to walk out and then and then shift and step the way that he does 
And so it's, it's quite a spectacle when he walks out of the squats. And then of course, you know, he, he definitely needs help getting the weight back in because he has to bring his feet together. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of awkward. F- fun fact about Eric, he competed um, on the uh, U S national team to the raw world cup in Sweden in 2012. And so I was an assistant coach on that team. And so that was, you know, f- for lack of a better word, that was the first Raw World Championships, even though they just called it the Raw World Cup in 2012. So uh, Eric's been around the block. I mean, like Arian said, um, he's one of the most decorated American lifters that we have, uh, both raw and equipped. And so, yeah, like you guys have said, he just needs to fire off that total if he can. Look at this. Ten years later, a a decade later from the first, and here he is back. Um, it'd be a, it'd be a hell of a story if he can make the open national team. Uh, you know, he's going to be a sentimental favorite and everyone loves an underdog. So we'll see what he could do now. Yeah. Sorry. Do you just, have anything else? I, I was just going to add to, we don't know yet what the masters national team qualifying process is going to be, but if they do end up doing it where they look at the open meet and the masters meet to see who has the highest total among both meets, then this could help him too, because then the total, if he doesn't make it to the open side could qualify him for the master side and he doesn't have to compete again in June. So that could be another, another aspect for him. Yeah. It's good. Important to note. Usually masters are in the same worlds previously anyways with the open. Now they're split. <laughs> so some people and, and as well as the juniors. So some people conceivably, it depends how nations want to do this could be doing multiple world championships in the same year. You know, if you want to stack the deck on your chances and experiences, I mean, it depends on peaking and travel. There's other, you know, considerations, but something to keep in mind anyways, it's unique to this year and will be unique going forward for the conceivable future. Now, if the 59s were a little light, pardon the pun, the 60, uh, in terms of lifters in there, the 66 has got quite the battle. And Arian's going to try to be impartial, I know, but his boy's in the middle of it. Jonathan Garcia will be battling it out in Jonathan's highest total at 697 and a half, floating right around that 700 kilo mark, which in the 66s, that's the big club you want to join is the 700 kilo mark. But he's got stiff competition. Rodrigo Manzo, if he's healthy and he looks healthy, he talking about, we were talking previously about the 2019 nationals. He was the, the national U S champion in 2019 suffered some injuries suffer and didn't have the greatest performances like he wanted to in 2021, but he's capable in 2019. He was in the late six hundreds and he's a young man. And you know, he could expand on that. How far? We don't know if people are looking at 2021, that's not a really good indication. You know, that's, that's, that's more of an outlier. And usually when you're looking at sample sizes, you throw out outliers. He looks healthy. He looks on point. He looks ready. He won 2019 and he lost his chance to go to the IPF world championships due to COVID. Here is an opportunity for him to write that wrong and get his experience at the world championships, but standing in his way is Jonathan Garcia, who was a monster in the 66s. Fellas, what do we got on our hands here? Matt, what are we looking at? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with everything. You know, it's, it's funny. I was just looking at some totals. And if you look at, um, if you look at Rodrigo's total, like you said, from uh, 
from 2021 in Daytona. I mean, he, he missed a ton of lifts. He didn't have the meet that he wanted. He only went four for nine. If you add back in all the lifts that he missed, that would have been a PB total for him. You know, he would have, he would have been up around six seventy seven and a half, presumably if he'd have made all those lifts. So, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's capable, but, but uh, Garcia is formidable. And, and if I were a betting man, I would put my money on Garcia, frankly. What do you, uh, I'll go to Arian last. Cause he's, he's obviously <laughs> Garcia's coach. Thank so you, we'll kind him, sir. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. don't yeah. worry. Uh, Billy Mack, what are you saying, sir? Yeah, I think I like Jonathan. He's going to have the monster subtotal. Rodrigo's going to have to pull for the win. Right. Rodrigo loves pulling with straps and training. And that's something that, you know, might come back to bite him at the end because, you know, who knows what he's going to need to load up on the bar. The other thing that Aaron and I were kind of talking about earlier today was like, are there actual, I haven't seen any PA records yet. So, oh, I have if they're, if they're oh, okay. Is, are yeah, there records? Okay. So I've got I've got the inside scoop on that because I had to I had to ask for some of the other lifters. So the, the word on the street is is that they are going the, the the national records are the heaviest weight done by an American at an international competition. So you've got to do some digging, and I've done I've I've, I've done that for the weight classes that affect me obviously. Right. But, but the, those are as a matter instead of creating you know, uh, raw standards, if you will. Okay. They just, they just decided to take the heaviest weight lifted by an American at an international meet. And those are the PA American records. So, okay. That's, that's not, yeah, no, that sounds good enough. Cause that's yeah. obviously I mean, it, that's good. The class, yeah, the standard's going to be amazing because it's going to be international refing. So no arguments yeah. there. Right. Yeah. So, so basically I was going to say is, you know, Rodrigo, you know, potentially can pull a deadlift American record. I have no idea what that is. We'll have to look that up eventually, but, um, and, you know, just chip Jonathan's total and go for the win. And that would be his plan. Um, but I'm going to stick with Jonathan. I think he's going to put up the monster subtotal, um, you know, squats looking massive benches looking massive. You can hold on to that third deadlift and put the big pressure on Rodrigo. He's good as gold. I'm going to join you fellas in camp Garcia and say, uh, I mean, look at that subtotal is a monster. You, you, you can load up a squat like the squat weight is getting absolutely ridiculous. What Garcia can do in the six-six kilo class, uh, the bench is monstrous as well. You look at his subtotal and it belongs to somebody uh, a weight class up for sure. Um, it's going to be the deadlifts, obviously. He's got to be able to hang on to the deadlifts. He's got sometimes got grip issues, and um, if he could secure a few deadlifts in there. And get his to- if he could total around his top end, which is the 700 kilo mark, and that 700 kilo mark is the sweet spot for the 66s. Very few people have done 700, and when they have done set, if they've done 700 up, it's like 701, 702, up to 706, up to like we're we're just floating around that 700 mark. If Garcia hits anywhere around there, he's as good as almost anybody in history, right? In the 66s, Manzo, we haven't seen that top end yet. Although, as previously said by you gentlemen, he will have the opportunity to lift last. So it depends on if Garcia can sink his squats. In a couple of the squats I had seen that he posted, well, depth wasn't overly flattering. But I know Arian is uh, he pulls no punches, so I'm I'm sure he's he's you know he's he's not the type of guy who's going to fluff nobody up. I think. 
Garcia is going to get those squats in come come meet day, but he needs to build that subtotal, obviously. Um, Arian's picking Manzo, I know. <laughs> Arian's going <laughs> Manzo. You, you, you all picked Jonathan, so the pressure's on. But, I mean, both guys, like you had said at the beginning, Ryan, kind of can play the whole, like, underdog story. Like, you know, Jonathan has never gotten first. He's always gotten second or third at Nationals, keep coming up short. You know, deadlift grip issues or just being a subtotal guy, guys can pull uh, more than him at the end to beat him. And Rodrigo, you know, he wins 2019 Nationals and then loses out his national team spot due to COVID, then tries to come back in 2021. And then, you know, he has trouble, I think, making weight and injured and everything like that. That team got canceled anyways. So this is his chance. Like, this is his redemption meet to come back, you know, hit some good numbers again, make the team again. So both guys got a little chip on their shoulder. Both guys want to be the underdog. Um, and, yeah, and it comes down to that deadlift. We know what the, the squad and total records are going to be because Charles hit them at 2019 Worlds. But we'll have to do some digging for the bench and Delft to see how low it is for them to chip. Um, you have a Matt? Well, I think that I just pulled up Charles's info from Sweden. So I think I think that the deadlift is 272.5 because and that's, what, he, and that's what Charles did in one, Sweden. And I think he, he benched 170 there or something. Well, he did. 170 was what he benched. So. so those could be the records, 263, 170, and 272.5, which means right. that all three could be chipped because yeah. either Jonathan or Rodrigo have done more than all three of those. So that would be interesting as far as the chipping game and then coming out to the final deadlift, uh, Rodrigo having to pull for the win potentially. Um, so it would be interesting. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm going to Jonathan when Rodrigo <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. Who's handling Manzo? Don't know. I did see he posted on his story today or yesterday that like he's self-coached and he's like, if there's anyone that's going to be there, that's looking for a handler, let me know kind of thing. So. Oh, you mean he, Oh, you mean he's looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He literally posted it on his story. Like, you know, if anyone if is a coach. Look there at Matt, like Matt's like, yeah. Matt's like, no. maybe, maybe I'll see you there. Arian. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Bill, shut up. <laughs> no, Matt's no, no, like, no. I'm going to be there. I don't no, know. I'm 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 flying on Friday, so I won't be there until Saturday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that would be quite the fucking duel and a little awkward for the recap show. But, but, uh, but anyways, um, but anyways, yeah. So I no, booked my ticket for Thursday, so I'll see you then. Right? That's right. right. Yeah, Bill right. shows up. Surprise! But, I am, I'm here to ruin everyone's day. But but either way, looking at the totals, you know, Jonathan at six ninety seven and Rodrigo at six seventy. It looks like it's far away. But most likely, Rodrigo's improved upon that. And this is going to be one of the yep. closest battles at this Nationals. Like we had talked about the 66s and the 93s. And, the, you know, we'll talk about a couple other ones coming up. But this one's going to be one of those tight battles. going to be a fight to the very end, which will also make it interesting uh, as far as the eight-week turnaround to Worlds. It's like if you have to go all out at Nationals and make weight and then eight weeks later travel, make weight, and go all out again, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they can uh, produce at Worlds, whoever makes it or if both make it. You never know, dude. I look at these freaking Europeans who have crazy turnarounds and they were at Worlds, turn around, go to the Europeans. I'm like, well, surely they're just, you know, playing it safe. Some of them went all out all over again. Some of them didn't have a choice. Like Penna, talking about the 66s, had um, Eddie Berglund and Penna's like, okay, I just won the World Championships in very late September. And then turn around for the Europeans and I got to go 700, that 700 again, because Eddie is neck and neck with the 697 and a half and there's no respite and they could, so who knows? I mean, they're young guys, they're tough, but you're right. Like two months isn't ideal, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time. It'll be interesting though. It'll be interesting. And and you're 100% right. I think Rodrigo, that his previous total, if anyone's doing scouting, 
his numbers are probably the hardest to grab for the previous because his 2021 Nats, you can throw that away. And mm-hmm. if you're going even further back, he's a young man and those are probably old and he's not his capability. So no idea. It's tough. I'll go with uh, the surer money, uh, Garcia. And um, he, looking at the numbers we've had, he's hit higher. Let's talk about Taylor Atwood. I don't know if you guys seen the post. Um, Arian's obviously one of the strength guys, so maybe he already knew, but he made a post just recently. Uh, it might even been today saying he's injured. The previous injury that had plagued him before is back again. He is shifting weights. We're not talking out of it, but we can expect not a full send 838.5 or you know, if he would have went even bigger, oh my gosh, you know, that would have been crazy if he started pushing past that into the 840s or if I could tempt it, uh, 850, God knows. But no, that's not going to happen this time. Where he will end up, hard to say. I seen him squatting. I seen him deading. He's obviously got a killer bench. He said it's not overly affecting the bench, but he does feel it in deads and squats. And we're a few days away. I'm not sure where he's going to end up. It is Taylor Atwood. But when he had this previously, he was around 777.5 or something like that. Shy of 800. Um, I just don't know if it's as bad as it was previously or whatever, but it's the same injury that came back. Taylor is essentially lifting. I mean, nobody's going to oppose Taylor, even when he's flying halfway or whatever. Like, he's phenomenal. Um, So... I'm not the, this discussion is more going to affect how my top five go (laughs) is Taylor still in my top five, despite this news. I think Mm. he's taking the 74 kilo title and he's going to worlds. He's got eight weeks. I want to see him hundred percent at worlds. So I almost don't want him to go full out. I don't know. The total he needs to hit is six, nine is six ninety six which again, I don't know how injured he is, like you said, but um, you know, as long as he hits a 700 kilo total, he's, you know, all set locked up for world, the world championships, which will be good. So again, why would he, you know, he, and, and that would win him this meet pretty easily um, considering the, the two guys he's against. Um, so, you know, why go any more than that, right? Kind of plan it out you know, go 715, 720, call it a day just to give you give yourself a little bit of leeway in case something funky happens and call it a day from there. But this is an interesting thing. Obviously, Powerlifting America is a new federation. In the 74 kilo class, Atwood is the only one lifting that's not a national champion in Powerlifting America. The two guys he's going against are both bench press national champions. Andrew, Sard- <laughs> Andrew Sardis is my guy. He's a 74 kilo uh, bench national. And then Lauren Cohen is the other guy that's in there who won the 93s at bench nationals. And now he's cutting down to 74. So I don't know what, what's going on with this. What? He, he, I guess he, he was uh, a light 93. He was a very light, but still he was like 84 and 85 kilos, whatever. And now he's cutting down to 74 for this competition. So I thought that was pretty funny. But um, <laughs> when, when yeah. Ryan does the live stream commentary this week, he had to say, we have two <laughs> national champions from Palestine America. <laughs> no, no, I'll say <laughs> Taylor Atwood. I have, yeah, exactly. I go, we have two champions and Taylor Atwood. What a, <laughs> what, a, what a pleasure and an honor it must be for Taylor Atwood to be able to lift with these gentlemen. I hope they help him out in the back. 
Um, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I have I have to agree with uh, Bill. Look at the numbers. Lauren Cohen's done six eighty two point five, which I think was in a higher weight class. So yeah. he's bumping up and down weight classes. So we'll see how the weight cut affects him. So, uh, like like uh, Bill said, six ninety six is all Taylor needs. And I was telling Jason too to kind of maybe look at previous worlds, what totals there were to like get in the first flight. Cause sometimes at worlds, they break it up in two That's flights a good point. by, by nomination. That. So you don't want to like undercut it too much and fall into the earlier flight, but most likely 700 at worlds is going to get you in the main flight anyways, but maybe they go, yeah, 725, 735, just to play it safe. And maybe you do two or three squats. You do all three benches and maybe you just do one deadlift. Cause like Bill said, what if you're feeling good on deadlift? Like, Oh yeah, let's go up a little more. Let's go to 300. And then you tweak something and then mm-hmm. you have to like, you know, mess up your training going to worlds too. You might as well just like take a token deadlift, get 725, 735, get on the team and then focus on the training for worlds because that's where you need to go. That 95% of the world record total. Like we had said in the previous episode of, uh, on the Sheffield podcast, to get to Sheffield. So that's where he needs to get closer to the, I believe it's seven nineties, the world record total. Yeah, no, excellent points. Um, I think that's good strategy. And that's definitely something to keep in mind when you're doing your top five list. Um, I mean, I think this is probably the same with all you guys. I had him as number one, but yeah. this is, yeah, I mean, that's, you guys would be pretty, you'd be pretty wild. Even wild Bill would be like, that's too wild for my blood. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not putting Taylor Atwood second in the top five. If he was full set. I definitely did. I definitely didn't have him number one. What? Oh. E- even definitely. if he was healthy before you knew he was injured. Yeah, absolutely. Dog, you are wild Bill. You were so wild Bill. I love yeah. it. Look at this guy. Now, this now, is Bill, Bill, Bill. Tell you? Hold on. Hold on. I've been telling you now for months. I know this from being a father. His training is going to suffer, right? You're helping out at home. You're up at night. You're not sleeping. You're not eating. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Okay. Now I'm not saying he wouldn't have been, you know, 800 or whatever, but with other battles that are going on and guys that have to push, I don't think he would have been the number one lifter at this meet. That's all. I, uh, I was going to agree with, I was just going to quickly agree with Bill that even if he was at a hundred percent, it'd be smart to hold him back and not go 850, go 800, whatever, you know, maybe RP eights and just save yourself a world because it is a quick turnaround. Well, let me say this. I I don't want to, well, I'll just say this. So we don't get into too much of our top fives in drift, but that's what I thought too, is 800 instead of 850. And I still had him. As number one, let's put a pin in it though, because we'll end up, uh, you know, drifting too far. So we're on the same page with set uh, the 74 kilo. Let's move on to the 83s and a young man, Delaney Wallace in the USAPL Raw Nats 2021 really emerged. Everybody was talking about, um, you know, Sean versus Russ. And, uh, and that was all the rage and all the hype and Delaney Wallace jumped on everybody's radar. He had put out a hype video right before those nationals ex- expressing, I think I'm being overlooked, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll fall guilty to that. I'll follow my sword on that. Um, I knew he was good, but he ended up taking the silver and, uh, and really establishing himself, jumping on everybody's radar. And since then the hype has only continued to build. He came on this podcast could not have been a nicer guy. The guy is freaking charming and a charismatic dude, super nice guy. And he was saying, if you follow him, he believes 2022 will hold an 850 kilo total for him. Now, if he goes to South Africa, that's tough to get 850 with that kind of a travel. The travel is insane. 
it'll be a full day of travel in multiple time zones and try it sometime. It's not a lot of fun. See what that does to your body. Um, and if you're not traveling, just stay up all night and, and, and then drive, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> the other side of the country and then, and then PR and let me know how it goes. So it's tough, but if he's going to go full send 850 at some point, or at least come close to it, he might be able to do so PA net. Why? He's going to be relatively unopposed. Nobody's chasing him. He can, he could just, it's essentially just max out. You know, and that's when special things happen. That's when, you know, you see those people who do crazy local meets. And when they're in the raw gnats, all of a sudden bad things happen because it comes down to attempt selection. Well, he doesn't have to worry about that right now. We might see a spectacular performance by Delaney Wallace today or today, sorry, at this competition. What are your thoughts, Matt, on Delaney Wallace? Everything you've said is true. Um, Delaney's arrow is pointing up, pointing way up. Um, he, he came onto the scene last year at Raw Nationals. And, and um, you know, he doesn't post a lot on social media. Um, but if his strength is trending the way that it was before Raw Nationals, and we can only assume that it is, and he's healthy, the sky's the limit for this guy, man. Um, and like you said, I think, you know, he's in a very interesting situation, as are some of these other lifters who, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful and say they're lifting unopposed but they're clearly the clear favorite within their weight class. And, and this goes for some of the ladies as well. And you have to just ask yourself, you know, do you want to go all out at this meet um, and, um, you know, and, and, and redline your engine, or do you want to save it? Because if you do the math, you're about 65 days out from worlds, depending upon which day you lift on in South Africa, anywhere between 65 and 70 days. So you have to ask yourself, you know, how much time am I going to need to, to, to recondition myself and repeak and be at my best when it matters the most? This is just a punch and ticket. But where you really want to show and prove is at the World Championships, because as you've said many times, there's, there's no bigger stage. Um, this is an opportunity for him to, quote unquote, max out, um, you know, but what, what's the cost? And so um, I don't want to I don't want to certainly I've you know, I don't want to speak for him. I don't want to speak for his coaches or or what, which way he might be leaning. I only know which way I would lean, but it's very hard for, I think, elite-level athletes at times to pull their foot off the throttle when things are going well. And so there's always that temptation, and there's that, that want to. They want to show people, look, this is how strong I am. This is how good I am. I am capable. I belong here, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know, you ask yourself, when is, when is the opportunity going to come around when I'm feeling this good? Um, so, I mean, only he can answer those questions. Um, but I mean, he's in the driver's seat clearly. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I want him to make it to South Africa. I want to see his best. Um, and just as a, as, a, as a fan of the sport and as a fan of, of, of people pushing the boundaries of human performance, I personally would like to see him put up his best total at Worlds. You know what I mean? I think that's, can we say that's what we'd all like? You know what I mean? Where the competition will be, will be stiff, where he'll face some opposition and where, and where you know, the stakes are at the highest. Um, but yeah, that, so that's kind of my take on it. Um, but not, nonetheless, regardless of what he does, um, I'm looking forward to seeing him compete because I've only seen him compete once. So this will be the second time. 100% right. Uh, beautiful points there. First off, yes. I shouldn't say lifting unopposed. I'm not sure if I said straight up those words, oh. but you're right. 
there are other people there. And uh, what I mean is, uh, you know, well, everyone knows what I mean. He, no, he's he's tip, of the, mean. tip of the spear. But you're also right that um, yeah, at, at Worlds, if Tim Monogatti comes from New Zealand, he's going to have to be 100 to beat Tim. Yeah. Make no mistake about that. I think we all know what Tim Monogatti is capable of. Arian, what are your thoughts, buddy? Yeah, it was the same idea. The minimum total needs is 764, so easily uh, able to do that. And then as far as his competitors, it looks like his top guy, uh, Ronald Medrano, who is a uh, TSG guy, uh, can't come. I think it's due to like, a scheduling conflict because he actually competed in a local powerlifting American meet this weekend, um, and he did 747. So like, there's a big gap. The next guy is going to be Scott Jennings, who's actually an international guest lifter. So might, might as well throw this part in there too, is that there are a few athletes coming from the Jamaican National Federation to lift as guest lifters in the Powerlifting American Nationals, uh, which is a nice thing to have like, you know, international lifters there getting to experience it, um, our nationals. And also the Americans get to kind of like, you know, lift with them and like talk to them and stuff like that. So he's going to be like second place, but mo- I'm guessing he's just going to be a guest lifter. He's not be counting the placing. So, um, it, it's going to be enough of a gap where Delaney could cruise if he wants to. Maybe he pushes a little bit higher, does like an 800 kilo total, but maybe he does 785, 775, just get over the minimum and save himself for the, the battle at world. So uh, I, I think Joey will be smart. Tell him, you know, stay in the pocket, you know, RP8, maybe 8.5. So you can kind of test your strength a little bit like a heavy day, but not go all out. With, um, with the American side, I feel like meets are more spaced out when we normally do nationals and Arnold and worlds where people can peak fully for the meet, make their weight class and go all out. Or some people only do nationals and worlds, but I think some of these other countries like the Europeans have it better figured out when they have Europeans, when they have worlds, when they have, you know, Arnold or whatever local meets that they choose, which meets they peak completely for and which ones they kind of just train into and which ones they cut and make weight class for and which ones they just go to the higher weight class for you set priorities to meets. This is what like Olympians do too, with their, their four year training plan. So I think some of these others have to think that aspect right now, this is your plan of nationals, worlds, Sheffield, rank the priority of them and then take the easy win where you have it and don't go all out. Oh God. Don't throw away Sheffield. You got to, and if you have to win worlds and you got Tim Benigati waiting for you, you better be, yeah, you better be ready. Bill, what are your thoughts on a, how high are you on the potential of Delaney Wallace? Are you buying into the hype B? What are you expecting from him at these nationals? Well, just remember last year when we did the USAPL Nationals, I was the only one that picked Delaney in third. You guys didn't even have him in your top five. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. really you saved us. Really he's he's been saving saying. this for, yeah. for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love no, it. I've like, been on the hype train for quite some time now. Um, no, but honestly, if Delaney puts the foot on the gas and goes for it, he'll be the best lifter in this competition, in my opinion. He'll win on points. Um do I think he'll do that? No, I don't. Unfortunately, or unfortunately for us, because we're going to be watching, but you know, not unfortunately for him, because he wants you know save some gas for the um, showdown, especially with Sheffield on the line now. Um, you got to, like Arian said, set the priorities straight and kind of you know come up with a plan because now it's a it's a year plan right now, right? You got three meets, one, two, three. You got to work for so you know get through the first one, falls to the wall in the second one, and then let it go for the third one kind of thing with Sheffield. So, yeah. So the smart play for him, like you said, it would be, you know, set a nice total, get it on the board, make the team and then do your thing at worlds. I, uh, well, I, I'm, I pretty much agree. 
I just don't know if he's going to, because Matt had touched on, it's tough to hold back. So we're going to have to see when it happens or what the holdback looks like for him. Uh, just, the, well, here's the thing. The holdback would be the money at the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I know why. Oh, I agree yeah. with you. No, no, I'm saying like, so, so if someone says, hey, there could be 50 grand in, you know, a year from today. What's what's the plan? You ran the number. You ran the numbers. What's the what's the Carpino number? What's his total that he needs roughly? Oh, uh, seven six four. Yeah, I mean, so even if he takes his foot off the gas, you know, he can he can hit that no problem. You know, the Jamaican Scott Jennings was the next guy I think that I looked at. You know, the guest lifter and 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 his best total was seven thirty two and a half. So it's not like and even Arian said you know because he's a guest lifter he probably won't be able to officially place. So, you know, Delaney can come in on with his foot off the gas or on cruise control at 80, 85% and take home the W. Yep. You know, check all the boxes that he needs to check, you know, and, and, and save himself for worlds where he's going to have to bring it. He's got a battle. Now, speaking of battles, the 93s, there's some gentlemen who are not going to be able to take the foot off the gas. They have found themselves yeah. in in an extremely tight battle between them. If you're just looking at previous performances, and I've talked about this before on other podcasts, but it's going to lie to you. Um, it's going to look like Keiko is a runaway favorite just based off of the best previous totals. But if you've been following the the training videos being released, Chance is on an insane momentum right now. And his deadlift looks like Thor's hammer. I I don't even know the full end capabilities of it. And when he wields that hammer, anything is possible. Is it enough to close the gap on Jonathan Keiko? Now, if you're looking at Keiko's training, he's looking good, but it's not quite the momentum Chance has where literally Chance is walking off every training session like, I'm surprising myself. I am full on surprising myself. I don't even know. Um, you know, and Jonathan Keiko's putting in solid work and his top end is very high, but it's not quite that kind of momentum. So if Chance, or sorry, if Keiko holds and Chance covers ground, what are we looking at? If Keiko dips a stitch and Chance covers ground, what are we looking at then? We got some scenarios here. Or do you believe Keiko is going to actually put on more kilo than his previous best of 892.5. Bill, maybe we'll start with you. We'll, we'll let Matt, uh, for anyone listening, Matt is actually handling chance. So we'll go to him last. Bill, what do you think it's sir? Oh, then I'm definitely picking Keiko then if Matt's no, it's kind of- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, um, Touche. <laughs> He's got jokes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, listen, you know, chance had a little rough meet as last meet. Um, came out with a big deadlift PB, but you know, missed the third squat, missed the third bench. Um, he's just got to, you know, with Matt dealing with Matt, I mean, he's gonna put the right number on the bar. He's probably gonna be six for six going to deadlifts. They're gonna put the number he needs to win on the bar. Can he hit it? That's the you know, that'll wait to be seen kind of thing. Um, I'm gonna take Kaiko in this just because he's the champ, he's the defending champ. Um, I'm just gonna go with that. Um, but I mean, chance has, it's, it's there for the taking. I mean, if, if, if Jonathan misses anything, he's in trouble. I think, I I think this is going to be an eight for eight down the line to the last deadlift. And, 
you know, what's Jonathan going to be able to put up at the end? Um, you know, and then Matt will just bump up the number and put the right number on the board and we'll see. I mean, that's it's, it's literally what's going to happen. I mean, we, we, you know, let's just skip the first date. Let's see, you know, and just kind of go for the third deadlift and be done with it kind of thing. But I'll take Keiko um, and then Chance with a, you know, close second place. And it'll be interesting. Keep this in mind, just saying what we said earlier. Uh, second place still means might be Worlds. So it, it it's it's something to consider as well. Arian, what are you thinking? Serve a kind nature. Yeah, I think this can go a, a couple ways because one, it could be like Keiko misses an attempt or misses two attempts and then Chance can come with the big delve and get him. But Keiko also doesn't miss very many attempts. I think the last four meets straight, he's made every single attempt. So it's not necessarily about him missing attempts. His last three meets has just been his total has dipped down a little bit. So he's been able to maximize what he needed on the day by making all attempts, even if it wasn't a PR total for him. So he did 892, then 880, then 873. So it's which Keiko shows up. I didn't get a chance to go look at all his training to compare like his numbers peaking for this meet compared to previous to see how he's doing. Um, just in general, looking at it, it seems fine. So it's tough because yeah, chances is hot right now as numbers are going through the roof. But if you just compare both their best totals, chances 40 kilos behind. So can he make up the 40 kilos on like adding 20 to the deadlift, adding 10 to the squat? Well, now you're still behind. So it's going to be interesting to see which Keiko shows up. This could be a battle where both go nine for nine. And then chance maybe wins on the final deadlift and you have like perfect days out of both of them. Or maybe, yeah, maybe Chance misses uh, one attempt on squat, let's say, and then is a little bit too far behind on deadlift and has to go for the big pull, like, you know, 390 or something like that and can't get it. And Keiko uh, sneaks off and wins another one going nine for nine. So it's going to be another one of those close battles down to the very end. It's going to be one of the most interesting ones of this championship, and it could lead to both of them going to Worlds. Uh, But, yeah, without too much research, I'm going to just go with the person who has the biggest total. So I'm going to go Keiko one, Chance two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you say not too much research, dude, you're a powerlifting encyclopedia. Uh, you're, you're good, dude. Um, honestly, when I look at this, it's been said, but Keiko, yes, his, his totals of dipped, but he was always in a battle and at the top end level, like his battle with Gavin Aiden had everybody, you know, at us raw Nats. Then he goes to Sweden, travels to the other side of the world. And and personal issues that year, too. It was a very difficult year for him personal-wise, lost in family, et cetera. And then he just happens to be, every time he hits the platform, he's in a massive battle everybody can't stop talking about. He goes to the IPF World Championships, ends up knee-deep in the battle of his life all over again, this time with Gustav Hedlund, former junior world champion. Um, So he's battle-tested. And despite traveling all over the world, despite always being in a super competitive battle, he goes nine for nine and puts together the totally needs. It's not the 892.5 he did at a local meet when he's lifting relatively, you know, unopposed, but he puts the day together he needs. Here's the thing. What kind of a day is he going to need with chance this time? Chance, when I look at him now, I'm running some numbers here. Even if he does 310, 195, and these are small PRs on his squat in 310 kilo. Uh, these are in kilos, all right? Anyone listening who are Americans for freedom units. 310 kilo squat, 
195 bench, and he's capable of doing both of those. Now, if you do the math, if you have Keiko at 890, and that's the top end for Keiko for 890. Okay, he did 892.5, but we, we haven't seen that since. It's been a couple of years. So if you're saying top end Keiko, I'm thinking based off of training, looks good. So I, I got Keiko top end 890. You got to load the bar with like 385 for chance. Now, previously, I'd be like, that's insane. Chance just deadlifted. What was that? His last deadlift. It was five kilo less. It was 32. like... 382 and a half. 382 and a half. There, thank you. It's two and a half kilo less. Chances deadlift is that. And, and that's like the amount of volume he does in the gym when he's in the middle of it, no taper, and there's nothing on the line for it. He's not pulling for the win. He's just going in there with his favorite song on. So, I mean, things can happen if you max out first and squat, max out first and some bench, sure. You also did no volume. Chances, the amount he does in training is insane. And he is that guy who gets up for these things. It means so much for him to go to the world team. When he's on the podcast, he's talking about, this is why I'm coming. You know, I, I, I want to go to the worlds. I've always wanted to go to worlds. This is it. You know, so there's tough decisions to be made. Um, it's difficult because does he load up pull for the win? Or is he looking to be like the top of the alternates? Is there other alternates close for you? Or, you know, it depends how things start falling into place. And, um, and could he hit 385 to, to get 890, to tie that 890? I don't know what the body weights are going to be, obviously. But previously, I'd be like, that's crazy. Now I don't. I think Chance could get 890 with those numbers I just said. 310 is in his reach. 195 is in his reach. Crazy as it sounds, 385 is actually in his reach. 890 is actually in Chance's reach. That's crazy. And it actually, it could happen. So let me get to my point. Let me get to my pick. I'm going to go with what we've seen because I lack the stones <laughs> to bet on the underdog here. I lack the, the testicular fortitude, as Bill would say. He's actually never said that. But um, I think Chance, if, if I just look at, and this is Keiko, if I say 890, if Keiko goes back down to 880 like he did U.S. Raw Nats, now he's in serious danger because of all the numbers I just said. Um, if Keiko goes dips lower to 870, whatever, like he did at Worlds, and he's not traveling the world, so I don't think he will. He's in serious danger. He's in serious danger. I'm going to take Chance at around 875-ish. I think Keiko is going to build a phenomenal total because he always goes nine for nine, force a crazy deadlift, and every deadlift has a top end. And I think uh, Chance, if he if he misses his third, he'll probably end off around 875 range. Um, just throwing that out there. But if Keiko starts missing, Mr. Perfect starts missing, and he doesn't go nine for nine, and that total comes that back down to 880. Oh, love. It, believe. Believe. You know? Uh, we'll have a good indication because I know Matt will run the numbers and he'll already know, okay, three for three on squat. All right. If he's six for six on bench, he probably already kind of knows. All right. Well, we know what we got to do. 
Well, the funny thing is you mentioned the 875, which is be over the world record total, which would give him Carpino 1.0 for sure, which would give him the first alternate. So if Kupperstein misses the Carpino, misses the qualifying total on day one, then that's all he needs. So he pulls out on his second, then he goes to Hail Mary on his third. Done. Yeah, you're welcome, Matt. That could be uh, that could be it. Yeah, no, I it's um, except the alternate list doesn't say that, Bill. Yeah, right. No. You, you gotta assume, we're, right? we're assuming. <laughs> well, you gotta be careful on that. Holy sugar, you gotta be careful on that. Yeah, that's tough because if Matt assumes and then Chance is like, well, but anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe by the time this rolls around, we'll have a better idea. Um, I don't. Let me get let me get your opinion, Matt, because obviously you're in the thick of this. Obviously, you've you've looked at all the data, and I mean, you've seen all these big events. What are you thinking, buddy? Well, I mean, I'm just honored and flattered to be a part of it, frankly. So I think, I mean, look, anybody who who bets on Jonathan is is going with the pedigree, is going with the history. The guy's 27 out of 27 in his last three meets. Um, we all understand that the 892 and a half was at a local meet. That was a home game, and we, you know. Um, a max out day, kind of like you said, Delaney Wallace could have at this meet, you know, where you're essentially lifting, you're not lifting unopposed, but there's no threat there. So you can take some chances. Um, but hey, look, when he, when he did that, he went nine for nine. So credit to him. I mean, this guy is executes at a very high level. I fully expect that Joseph will be mindful of the situation. He's mindful of chance. He knows what chance is capable of. And, and I have every expectation that that Joseph is going to have him go nine for nine and want to have him build this total to clearly put us in the most uncomfortable situation that we can be in. Right. And that's that's how any good game day coach is going to set up their athlete for success. They're going to make as many attempts as they can to build the biggest total, especially when you're going up against somebody who's got a samurai sword of a deadlift like chance. You know, and, and when you're coaching a lifter like Chance Mitchell, uh, just like you guys said, everybody said the same thing. You know, I have to put him in a position where he's eight for eight and we can, you know, stay within striking distance and then we can load up the bar for what we need. Um, you know, just looking at these totals. So if you take the average of, of Jonathan's last three meets, so if you simply take his totals from his last three meets and mind you, two of them, you know, Raw Nationals in Daytona and then, of course, in in at, at the last Worlds, I mean, he was in absolute dogfights in those two. But if you average those three totals, they equal uh, 880.5. So you, 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 one has to assume, right? And, and, and so Arian had mentioned that he hadn't really taken a look in his videos. And of course, I've been studying at least what he's put out there. And so his, his, uh, his squat and deadlift seem to be comparable to training videos that I've seen in the past. I noticed that he did switch his footwear. He went from flats to heels. So that, that's an interesting change um, in, in his squat footwear. I, I only mentioned that because, um, you know, um, if for some reason he were to get pitched forward on a squat or something, I'm not saying that he will, just saying it's something that I've noticed. I've noticed that his, um, his squat form and technique have changed slightly. It looks a little bit different as anyone would assume and, and, and note when you have a shoe change like that. Um, but his squat and deadlift seem to be on par with what he's done in the past. His bench is on fire. Um, and, and his bench looks extraordinary. It looks unbelievable. So I fully expect them to obviously take advantage of, of the chip in the bench. Um, 
you know, nobody's going to set an American record in the squat because um, who has that, but none other than Superman Dave Ricks, because he's the American with the highest squat. So if you go back and, because I re- once Robert told me that the fact that the American records were going to be the, the highest number that a, that an American had done in an international meet, and naturally I started combing through the 93s. And I've, I'd forgotten, don't know why I did, but I'd forgotten about Superman. And so Dave had squatted 325 and a half oh. at that meet. Yeah, at the meet down in Australia. And I think that was done in like 2017. So it's it's been a minute since he's done that. But that that number still holds. So clearly neither, you know, that number's not on the table for a chip. Um, but we can all assume that Jonathan is going to be out benching his 238. I mean, he's done 242 and a half in competition. I expect the number to be at or above that. And then, and, and a clearly Joseph is going to put a chip on that. And then if I've run my data correctly and my investigation correctly, the highest deadlift done by an American, does anybody want to take a stab at that? I bet Bill knows. Ooh. Um, international? International. 93? Wilson would have been my first guess. Wilson that's was my, my guess. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, both okay. you guys are correct because you coach him. So in Sweden, he did 352 and a half. So I haven't found a deadlift that was higher than 352 and a half um, by done by an American. So, and I'm going to double check that when I get boots on the ground, you know what I mean? In, in Austin and double check that with Robert, but presumably that's, that's the American record. So clearly that's in play for us and we can, you know, chip, um, you know, chip that number and, and, and take away, uh, you know, their advantage. Um, But, you know, I know what chances is is capable of. Um, He and I met on the phone and and did our our call, our video call, like I do with all my athletes. And we spent a good 90 minutes on the call last time. And I have one more call set up with him again tomorrow night because we're just going to dot our I's and cross our T's. We've run through pretty much every scenario, but I just wanted to to, to go through everything with a fine tooth comb one more time and um, just make sure that we're, we're on the same page as, as I know we are, but I like to be thorough. And so, I mean, naturally, look, you know, I'm not betting against my guy. I mean, this is the guy that I'm bringing to the dance. And so, you know, it's, it's my job to put the right number on the bar and it's his job to go out and to execute. And so uh, to your point, I mean, clearly, you know, look, you, why do you play? You play to win the game. But we have to be mindful of what's at stake and we have to be mindful of the the qualification situation. And again, my understanding is, is that they're initially going on a four year Carpino, at least that's what I was told, a four year Carpino score. And then if there's a tie, it goes to a five year Carpino. And then if there's another tie to break the tie, it would be the IPF Goodlift points. So clearly, I have to be mindful of those situations. Now, I'm only going to have the data from the lifters who have gone on day one because we're lifting on day two. So I also have to be mindful of that. You know what I mean? As a coach, I mean, if for some reason this thing is out of reach and Jonathan's on fire and he's made all eight attempts and, or he makes nine attempts and we're pulling last, I mean, look, we're not loading up, you know, four ten. I mean, that's, <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to do that because that's silly. And, and that's not setting my athlete up for success. You know what I mean? You're not going to go out on your sword and say, well, I died trying, you know, we need 410. And, you know, when that's, when that's something that we know that he's not capable of quite yet. Um, so we want to be mindful of, of those situations, the Carpino scores, the IPF points. And, you know, if it's out of reach, then we need to put chance in the best possible situation so that I can get him as high up on that alternates list as possible. But 
I'm betting on my guy. He's the guy I'm bringing to the dance. And, and, and so, you know, I firmly believe that it's within his skill set. And so, you know, everybody knows that the chance has had an 853 kilo total and there's more meat on the bone. To say the least, let me say something real quick too. Um, I was telling Gavin Aiden in the last podcast how important a handler is and I need him to listen to the clip you just said so he understands why. <laughs> All the variables, a guy like you, where you're like, well, first off, his squat shoes changed and like, he brought his feet in, so I'm exp- I've been paying attention to. But then everything else you've already said, your eyes on everything from um, if, we, if we're not pulling for the win, should we be pulling for the first alternate? And is that available? And what does that look like? And everything, there's so much that needs to be, taken in and all the rules and how does that set up and when you're the when you're the athlete you don't want to be doing all this research and all this looking what are the records and what just you need to keep your head down and do your damn thing and when I was talking to Chance in the DMs he's like I've left no stone unturned and I'm ready I've never been more ready I've never been more strong and I asked him who do you have handling you and he said Matt Gary and I texted back, say less. <laughs> you're good. You're, you're good, homie. You're, 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 you've definitely, you covered your bases, man. Um, you got to get somebody like that. You know, there's a difference between programming and, and co- game day. And, uh, you know, everyone, the programmers are very much all over online and everyone knows who they are, who's the best of the best at it. But when it comes to game day coaching, it's, it's, it's a little bit different and it's um, not everyone knows who's the best of the best at it. I probably got the best of the best uh, with you gentlemen on this podcast right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, but so it is what it is. Um, yeah. It's going to be a great, it's going to be a great showdown. Uh, we'll see how I'm, I am crazy excited. And uh, if chance is close, if it's close, if it's reasonable and, um, you know, and if Cupperstein have, you know, hit the Carpino that he needed and all the, all the chips light up, we might see something super special. Um, we'll have to see. And if they both go looking ahead at the world championships, oh my gosh, if you, when you throw in Chance, Jonathan, Gavin Aiden, Gustav Hedlund and Sasha, don't forget Dave Ricks. He's on that open and list. Superman David Ricks. Oh, that's where Matt's going to have like a, you know, a, a, a little pain in his heart if he's got to go against Superman. Um, but, you know, you throw together. Yeah, well, you have to mention Superman because if he's in the mix, oh, my God. Um, that 93's Worlds is absolutely on fire. I mean, you don't want to miss that. That is just straight one through five. And then number six is a legend you can't miss that. That's uh that is just absolutely, this is an amazing showdown at worlds. Oh, Keiko for him, all of his greatest rivals. I know he's faced chance before, but it's not going to be like this time, all of his greatest battles. And he's got a greatest hits collection, like the Beatles. By the time he shows up at worlds, it's like that movie where um, you're four movies deep in the superhero series. And you're like, well, who are they going to bring in? Well, they bring in all of his rivals at once. Now he's got, you know, he's battling them all now and they're all neck and neck. It's going to be phenomenal, man. Um, oh, well, we'll save that for another day. I was gonna, go ahead, Aaron. Well, I'll just, I'll just get to it real quick. The other storyline could be, let's say they both don't get to go to world. Someone else gets a spot or Eric Cupperstein gets a spot for 59s. Well, one could go to NAPF in August 
and potentially see what the total was at Worlds in June and then break the world record total in August at North American. So you could finish off the year with the world record total. Then you could like hit up SPD and say, hey, listen, I have the biggest toll in the weight class at the end of the year. I want a wildcard spot. So there's lots of different storylines that can be played here. Both of them going to Worlds or one going to Worlds, one going to North Americans. Does the person in North Americans break the world record? Who gets the invite to Sheffield? So it's, it's an interesting weight class going forward for this year. Dude, that's – listen, let me, let me say something. Like obviously if you can go to Worlds, go to Worlds because you could solidify it and don't chance your thing to Sheffield. But you're right. If you don't make it to Worlds – you in in and I already we said in the Sheffield podcast they're doing it in percentage of and they're taking regional champions. If you can go to a regional, break the world record, be, be over the world record because everyone else at Worlds is going to be doing some crazy travels, be in the midst of crazy battles. You could sneaky your way into Sheffield for that's I didn't think about that. And if you're Sheffield, if the battle is sensational. You know, the, the wild cards they're bringing in, they're hoping are bringing in sensational battles with them. You know, you're hoping you're not just bringing in someone as an awesome ran that's not adding to the show. Whew. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of options when you're that talented, huh? Talent really kind of forces the conversation. We'll have to see. Thanks for throwing it's, that in here. Yeah, it's, it's look, it's a five-star matchup. We're glad to be a part of it. We have nothing but respect for, for Jonathan and, 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 and I know that he's going to come prepared and he's going to put his best foot forward. I fully expect him to, to make all of his lifts and, 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 and push us. And, and you know what, as a competitor, as a coach who, you know, I feel like I'm competing as well when I'm coaching an athlete like this, you know, we want our opposition to bring our best because that's going to bring out the best in us. Fair enough, man. And for anyone listening, um, Matt refers to Joey Flex as Joseph. That's Joey Flex. If you were, if I don't think we 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 had met from years back, you've always called uh, Joey uh, Joseph, and uh, it always trips up the listeners, and they're like, "Nah, it's the same dude. It, it's it's him. That's Joey Flex." But um, all right, let's move into the 105s. And uh, speaking of Joey Flex, he's got himself. He's got a shooter in the 105s. What are we looking at here? Um, who would like to? Bill, would you? I don't. Think, have you gone first yet? I have, but yeah, I'll take this one real quick. Um, Mikey Davis, if he goes full throttle in this meet, will total over the world record total. That's how good his training's been. You'll see him eight, you know, nine thirty plus, possibly into the nine forties. His training's on fire right now. He's been crushing it, and if he lets it all go, you'll see something absolutely massive. Now. He's going to need to push it a little bit because you have two other guys in this weight class. You got LS McLean, who obviously a two-time world champion, bumping up to the 105s right now. He's hitting 885 um, in the 120 class. He was a little bit heavier. He was like 107, 108, something like that. And I've always heard stories from his coach Ross about like this 900 kilo training total, 900 kilo plus training total when he's in the 93s. Now he's in the 105. Let's see a 900 plus now, right on game day. So if he can put that all together, that could be something huge. And um, the other guy in the weight class is um, uh, Dudley. What's his first name? Sorry, uh, Brandon Dudley. Um, another young guy, super bam, bam. strong. Yeah, um, 
you know, you'll probably see something 850 plus, 860, somewhere in that range for him. He's not going to be sniffing that 900 yet, I don't think. But again, just another, um, you know, and again, a couple of years ago, that was like world, world, world class, right? Like you didn't see that anywhere else. You're talking world record, you know, five years ago. But, um, and now we're just like, eh, look at the bronze because, you know, it's 850, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I got uh, Mikey D, LS in second, and then Dudley in third. And I think LS pushes this thing a little bit. Like, again, Mikey's like here, but I mean, you could see LS 900 plus potentially. Um, Dudley, uh, a little on him. That's Bam Bam online. I've, I've, I've reposted him a few times. And I think is, he is showing up to this. And, but I do think his ultimate ambitions as a junior is junior worlds. And he is all types of strong, man. His progress, he's been smashing weights. Um, I'm expecting a lot from him in the junior worlds. You're right for a junior. He's posting up some big numbers. Uh, let's see what he does at junior worlds. And, um, when he goes into the open, he's, he's, I mean, his progress is coming fast and he'll be up there. Michael Davis, man, or LS. I mean, yeah, you got a legend in there, two time world champion in LS. He knows a thing or two about being an alternate and winning worlds. He did it both times. He's an alternate. Um, Matt, what do you think of my friend? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with Bill. I, I, I don't know that I have much to add. I think that, that, that Mikey is, is uh, a cut above right now. His training has been on fire, like Bill said. I mean, and he's looks healthy and looks as you know strong as he's ever been and a lot stronger than the last time that we saw him. And um, I think that, you know, LS is going to have to really push and, and, and probably should, you know what I mean? Because, because if, if he feels like he can't um, put up the total that he needs to, to eclipse Mikey, then, and, and he wants to make the team as he's done in the years past, then he needs to make sure that he maximizes that chance by putting up, you know, a good score, good Carpino score, and 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 as well good IPF points. So um, I see it the same way that Bill does. I see Mikey one, LS two, and and Brandon in, in third. What are you thinking, Arian? Yeah, kind of thinking the same thing. LS did do that 885 at 108.6 at a local meet, but then at nationals, he did 842.5 making the weight. He came in light 103.5, so maybe he overcut. Maybe there's other things going on that caused that 40-kilo drop. So it depends on is he going to be closer to 842 or closer to 885. So potentially Mikey could adjust on the day. If like LS's numbers look low or whatever, he's not going to have any competition, maybe he goes – 875 885 because the minimum total he needs is 816.5 so very low but if ls is on point and he has big numbers in it looks like his squats going well from the training footage he's put up then maybe he has to push a little bit more i think maybe he only needs to push up to 900 i don't think he's gonna go all out and i don't think he needs to go all out especially at his uh, last local meet he tweaked his adductor i think on a on a second or third attempt deadlift so maybe he doesn't want to risk that again. So I think they're going to play it safe to go to Worlds if it's easy to win. If Ellis is going to give him a challenge, then he'll push it a little bit more. But I don't think a, a PR total is there. But I got the same thing. I got Mikey first, Ellis second, and Brandon Dudley third. Um, I No surprise. I got the same as everybody else. I, it's, I, I love how high everybody is on Michael Davis when you came out swinging there, Bill. Because what you're saying with him, just to put perspective for everybody, if Michael Davis is capable of the world record at 105, he'd be taking that from Anatoly Novopitsmani, who last world championships was the best lifter at the IPF Worlds. 
to win best lifter. I mean, he's beating guys like Russ. He's beating guys like Jonathan Keiko. He's beating guys like, you know, everyone who was there, obviously. So that's the, the elite level that Anatoly Novopitsmani is, who's from Ukraine. If Michael Davis is up there and above possibly that, we're not just seeing a future 105 champion. I mean, we, we're, we're talking right up there for if, if Taylor doesn't heal up and back on his form, what are we saying here? He could be possibly winning best lifter at IPF Worlds. If Taylor's 100% and he takes it, we're looking at maybe second at best. I don't, at worst, sorry. I mean, he could be a really future star if he starts shooting that high. Um, you know, we're not doing the preview show for Worlds just yet, but obviously if Anatoly is at the IPF Worlds, and yes, he's in the Ukraine, and we all know what's going on over there. But if for some reason he ends up IPF Worlds, it would be an, an amazing competition with uh, Michael Davis in Anatoly there. It seems like it would take a miracle, though, for Anatoly to actually, if he shows up, I just can't picture him being at 100%. So I think this is just going to be a down-the-road situation for those two gentlemen. But it's exciting nonetheless if, if he starts getting that high. I'm not sure if he's on that end yet or if he's going to have to break that out at PA Nats, um, or if he pulls back a little bit because he's got eight weeks to go. Uh, it's There's a lot of question marks, but it's exciting. And the uh, hats off, man. I'm glad LS is in there. I was, I was uh, when I see it, I was like, oh my gosh, LS is going to be there. Whenever you have a two-time world champion in the house, he's a master lifter and he's lifting alongside. Um, it's a bit of like the fa- past, future, and present you got a past world champion, a possible future world champion, or like, like Michael Davis is the present, and then a future would be Bam Bam, who's going to juniors. You know, you, you have a little bit right there, and it's, uh, it's always interesting when you see guys like that hit the platform from multiple different ages, you know, uh, where LS has got like 20, 20 years of some of his competitors, and he'll be right there in the mix. You know what I mean? I, I like to see it myself, so um, I'm rooting for the underdog there. All right, fellas, let's move to the 120s. And uh, Arian, what are you saying, sir? Sure. For the 120s, I'll start off with the minimum total is 855. So I think uh, all these guys will be above that. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. But again, this is going to be another one of those battles where you have listed Enrique Lugo at 920, Tristan Nazarod at 907.5, and Blake Atwell at 900. So you got three guys going 900 plus potentially. And uh, battling it out and Enrique has done I think like 930 or 935 uh, total in the gym and then uh, Blake recently did the bench nationals for powerlifting America he went easy so um, he did 212 there which is below his PR but it looked pretty easy he's got more in him he was going to do the Arnold but he ended up skipping out on the USAPL Arnold so he can stick with powerlifting America and do this so I think he's like fully committed now like he's not bouncing back and forth he's sticking to these powerful american meets to win nationals and go to world so i think he's gonna uh, bring on um, the best he can um obviously we're a little bit biased here tristan is bill's lifter i'm gonna be handling tristan at at the nationals so um i'm just gonna pick him obviously for first but i'll pick enrique for second and i'll pick blake for third Bill, what what are you saying, sir? We or yeah, let's let's get let's get you there. Yeah, I mean, listen, I saw Enrique. He put up a nine nine thirty five in the gym. He does that, man. Here's a gold medal, brother. Have a good one, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like his massive total, man. That's 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 a good total. Um, 
I was kind of looking up on Blake Atwell a little bit. I don't know if, I don't know what his deal is, but like, it seemed like some of his numbers looked a little bit down to me. Now, either that's good gamesmanship or, you know, maybe he has an injury going on or something. I have no idea. Or maybe he's just waiting for that, um, you know, deload kind of thing and kind of bounce right back with it. Who knows? But like, um, it did look to me like I, I kind of had him right up there with these guys, but I'm going to bump him down a little bit just because the training I saw. Um, so I got Enrique going number one. I got Tristan going number two and Blake going number three in this one. Um, and then actually look out for John Vasquez too. Um, he hit an eight, eight sixty um, at the end of last year. And yeah, he was a strong, strong kid. So I could see like an eight eighty plus coming out of him also. And then the other wild card in this too is um, Nick Judice, I think is how you say his name. Um, he used to have the, the bench record in the one Oh fives. Um, yeah, he's got about an 850 ish total, but that was a couple of years ago. That, and I that guess was, he had some sort of what's that? Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, and the 850 was done at 105, and he's now he's moving yeah. up. So yeah. Right. So he did a meet recently where he ended up getting injured or something because like basically didn't deadlift at all. So I don't know what's going on there, but you could see a good bump out of him from coming up to the 120s. So, you know, maybe somewhere in the 875s if he's fully healthy, 880, somewhere like that. So you could have like legitimately five guys. Um up, you know, 880 plus in this meet, which would be pretty cool. What are you thinking, Matt? Yeah, I agree with Bill, the way that he picked it. Interestingly enough, when you start looking at some of these totals, um, so just just looking at the totals that they've actually completed, I mean, at 120 kilos, that's the key, right? Because we've got some guys, I mean, Tristan, uh, Bill, and you can elaborate more on this. It looks like he did 907 and a half, but he was weighing significantly more. He weighed 132.5, I believe. Um, and so Tristan's best total is 892 and a half at 120. Um, Blake's best total, uh, he placed third uh, at Raw Nationals mm-hmm. last year with a 900 kilo total. And Enrique, to your point, has that big gym total. Enrique actually totaled 920, but he was weighing 123 because he was in the, the, the new 125 weight class. He did that just in February. So that was two months ago or a month and a half ago actually, it's going to be interesting to see him competing. And I know that it's only three kilos. So on guys that big, three kilos is not that big of a deal, but it's going to be interesting because if he went 920 just back in February, so we're talking, you know, Mm. four and a half, five weeks ago, how hard did he push to do that 920? And did he let all the, you know, air out of the balloon, so to speak? And is he going to have anything left you know, at this meet, um, not saying that he won't, I mean, he put up, you know, big, big gym total, but I mean, I, I, I see it going the same way as bill. Um, and I, and I love Tristan. I really do. I, I would love to pick him, but I have him coming in second. So I've got Enrique going one. I've got Tristan, um, Nazarod at second and Blake third. Um, and, and I don't have any additional information. I think bill hit the nail on the head with Nick and, and Vasquez. I'm, I'm also agreeing there. I just want to add a, a caveat. In terms of your guys' pick, but I'll add a caveat with Enrique. He actually slid in my personal DMs on Instagram to introduce mm. himself. And um, this young man is not short of confident. And there's sometimes there's something about someone who believes like that. And uh, not just for, for this competition, but as a whole. He was like, essentially allow me to introduce myself. And... Um, he he's he's confident man he's got a vision and so when you see 920 and then in the gym 935 and uh 
you know, sometimes there's something to be said for that person with that inner belief and they're riding momentum and they're just like, it, they, they just, it's almost like you just don't know any better in terms of like, like the, having the foot on the gas, you know, and it's, um, that ambition can take you sometimes when you're riding that momentum. I think, um, I, I, is he coached by Joey as well? I don't want to make that I, up I, there. I, I, I think he is. And do, doesn't he train with Jesus? Don't they train I, together? He's, I think he's coached together. I think he is with Jesus. He's, I think he's local to Texas. So this is a very favorable, you know, in terms of travel. I do think he's with all the Texas fellas with like, I think Michael Davis and all those fellas are around there. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I know he's been in videos with them. He's got excellent training partners around him, a good crew around him. A lot of them are peaking together for this competition. You know mm-hmm. what it's like when you're with your boys and you're all peaking for the same meet. Uh, and a lot of them are the same. If he is with Joey Flex, I'm not saying he is for sure. They would all be under the same coach, the whole nine. It is just so much positive momentum. I've done it before in the past with that kind of thing. And there were days where I'd be off and I would still come to the gym because you're just, the vibe is insane, a positive vibe and momentum. Everybody's like, we're going to take this title. We're all going to go to South Africa together. We're all, you know, the rah, rah. And then my man slid in my DMs and you could feel that vibes. You could feel that energy. And it's like, I don't know, man, There's something special about this kid. So um, I, I got, I'm definitely going with him, but I just wanted to, like, same as you guys, but I just wanted to add that. Let's pay attention to him. Let's see what he does. He's got good people around him and, um, and he's fired up. Let's see what he brings. Okay. The 120 is out the way. Let's talk about the 120 pluses. Um, we, we could, we could snowball off that talking about Joey and, and Joey's guys in the one twenties, obviously the one twenty plus current world champion who had a, a great performance in uh, Sweden, Jesus Oliveras, also a local to Texas. So they do have uh, that kind of advantage. They have great training partners. You know, the travel is favorable, the whole line like that. Um, good coaching, you know, good coaching staff on them for, for programming for game day, uh, we've, we've talked about how, you know, putting together the totals they have at the world championships at us raw Nats. So they all, everyone we said comes well-prepared out of that camp, expect no less here from Jesus. It's just, um, we've already heard from Ray, Matt, maybe I'll let you, you talk about, it. there's no major updates here, but, uh, so it's kind of a discussion on, is is Jesus going to go all out if Ray's not there? If Ray was there, I, I think he would. But conceivably, I think. What do you think, Matt? He'll probably take his foot off the gas if Ray's not. You know, no major word here. But what do you think? Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, um, Jesus, um, you know, showed up and showed out at the at the last um, at, at the last World Championships. He's the reigning world champ, and so he. He, he deserves that honor and that pedigree that comes along with that. And I know that his training looks to be on point. He looks to be on fire. He looks to be his, his rate of adaptation is tremendous. And so um, he looks to be getting stronger and he's, he certainly um, all, all signs are pointing to the fact that he's, he's um, he put his money where his mouth is when it comes to uh, putting a lot of emphasis on his deadlift. Cause I know that his grip was that was an issue and was a weak link. And so, um, you know, everything that he's put out on social media has shown that he's really um, poured into that and paid some attention to that. And all of his deadlifts look clean, at least the ones that I've seen and so forth. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret, you know, as everybody knows that, that Ray has sustained an injury um, that was sustained in training uh, 
last week or the week before, you know, he did it deadlifting and just to let people know, you know, it kind of the pain manifested itself as a groin injury, but Ray went ahead and had an MRI the following day and confirmed that it was a quad tear and a quad injury kind of up in his hip flexor. Um, and, um, you know, Ray is extraordinarily disappointed. The word that we kind of keep coming back to is devastated. He's really upset, um, but we're leaving the light on for him. We're not, we're not closing the door um, per some conversations that we've had Ryan and I'm not going to, you know, elaborate any further on that, but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, as you said, it's an opportunity for, for Jesus to, um, you know, um, to put his foot on the gas and show the world what he can do. Or if he feels like he doesn't need to do that, you know, because Ray doesn't come or, or if Ray comes and, you know, is, is, is a shell of himself. Um, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give out too much information there, but, you know, then, then, then he can presumably take his foot off the gas and just do what he needs to do. Mm. So that's, yeah, that, that's kind of how I see it, but um, yeah, really nothing more to add. Arian, what are you thinking, love? Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking is, um, you know, if Ray's not at 100% or if he doesn't come, then Jesus can pull off um, and not go all out. You know, maybe he goes maybe he goes higher, like, you know, 1050, where it's not a PR, but, you know, it's still easier list for him if he's progressed well, or he just pulls back to, you know, 1015, 1025, and, and really goes easy there, but still over the 1,000 kilo total. So I think he's going to go first. <clears throat> I think his brother Pablo goes second as well. He's um, getting strong, you know, a young kid. His uh, PR is 890. He could potentially go over 900 there. And then um, as far as thirds, just depends, you know, does Ray show up? Uh, and then with uh, James Key, he's a bench only lifter. So I don't have no idea what his squad and delft are to see what his total would be. So maybe he could be in there for third. Maybe this Andre Soto at 777 could be in there for third. So it's really up in the air after the two brothers, Jesus and Pablo. What, what's our magic number there, Arian, for the total? Do we have that? Uh, 892. 892, yeah. 892, okay, gotcha. Yeah, 892 and a half. Yeah, James Key is, I, I years ago had him on the podcast, and um, he has an absolutely phenomenal backstory. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll leave that for another time. But he was dealing with some health issues, and um, yeah, I'll leave for another time. It was a hell of a comeback, and I'm glad to see him back. He's a super nice guy, absolute monster of a man. When you get to see him in real life, this guy is huge, jacked, uh, big jacked, big jacked dude. Uh, he's gonna put his bench press is is something crazy. So we'll see what he does. I, I'm not sure what he does for squats, and it might be token. And then uh, he just takes takes a bench, and then you know. But uh, it'll be fun to watch, anyways. Bill, what do you think, sir? Yeah, I say James. He hit a two eighty two and a half bench in a USAPL meet, so like he's a legit, oh, yeah. <laughs> like you know, big big bencher. Um, it was funny because when Aaron and I saw him come on the list, we're like, does he think this is bench nationals? He kind of made a mistake, or what's going on here? But um, yeah, who knows? Maybe he comes out and squats and deadlifts three hundred kilos and puts up a you know close to nine hundred kilo total it would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, I mean Jesus, I mean especially if if Ray's not a hundred percent, you know, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, we're talking a different story here, but, um, you know, Ray not being 100 percent. I mean, I obviously have Jesus coming in first and then we'll just kind of see what happens with where Ray's at. And, um, you know, between him and Pablo for second place, it looks like. So, um, yeah, it should be interesting. And then Pablo's a young guy, too, right? He's still a junior, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, or is, is Jesus still a junior also? <laughs> That's a good question. He was when he won Worlds. He yeah, was right. when he won Worlds. He, he was a junior. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so obviously Pablo's his younger brother, so he might be a sub junior. I don't know, but yeah. So, I mean, obviously the future is pretty, 
you know, big. You imagine the food bill in that house, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you imagine when they were kids fighting for the covers if they had to share a bed? I mean, this is, you know what I mean? They'd be tearing that thing piece. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm assuming that Pablo still is there, you know, training with um, Jesus and, you know, Mikey and, you know, all these other guys too. So, like, that's a damn good crew. So, it'll be cool to see that. Um, but yeah, so Jesus and then either Ray or Pablo for second, depending on which Ray shows up. Jesus is 1998, so he yeah. last year was his last year. Pablo is 1999, so this is his last year. Okay, I just I just looked that up too. Yep, it's um it's crazy all these guys training together. Like I to be a fly in the wall, man. And can you imagine being in that gym when those guys are in there? There's not a freaking kilo plate around. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, you walk into a gym where like the number one super heavyweight, the possible number one you know, 120, number one, 105. Like, the, it's insane. And, and then, and then you, know, you see, like, Ashton pops down there, like, once a month or whatever to train with those guys, too. It's like, crazy. I was going to say, you see, like, Enrique squatting, and you got, like, Jesus spotting on one side and Ashton spotting on the other side. And then Mikey's just, like, sitting in the back and watching, and you're like, <laughs> holy crap. There's – um. Up, up in the Northeast, there's uh, was a base state where a lot of the top equipped national world champions all train together. Eric Kupperstein with some of our other equipped champions. This is kind of like that gym, I guess, for like, you know, the South, for like the raw lifters. You have all these national world champions that's like training together, taking all the kilo plates. <laughs> Dude, it's, I, think, it's... I was going to say, too, I think Enrique pulled like, I don't know what he pulled, like 350 deadlift. And his, and his like uh, description was, I had the lowest deadlift out of our group today. <laughs> Dude, great. it's. It's um when you're training with people like that of that caliber, and we're talking like the best of the best of the best in the world. And yeah, you got like Ashton coming down to it and whoever else is popping in. Your expectations on yourself elevate. You're in the room with people shifting weights like that. You're not the big fish in, in a small pond. You have to, you're gonna, you're gonna add more weight, man. You're just gonna keep up. It's it's crazy. They're all gonna push each other. Um yeah, I hope, man, these dudes appreciate, you know, they're, they're young, early 20s and, you know, maybe Michael Davis around mid-20s now. But, you know, you got to appreciate these moments because they freaking pass. You know, they pass before you know it. And they'll look back and be like, oh, my God, were those the days? And they'll think of those training sessions like they'll rattle off who was in the house. And they'll be like, oh, my God, was that insane that we were all under the same house shifting weights. That's like an all-star team. That's like half your not your your U.S. national team right there. It's like they had a national team convention right there, for God's sake. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good showing. Um, I'm obviously on the same page as you guys in terms of Jesus, uh, Pablo. I believe more than likely it's gonna go the junior route. I think I asked Jesus, but um, we'd have to see. I could double back on that. And, and let everybody know, but I'm pretty sure Jesus is going to open. Pablo's going to junior and um, just kind of a divide and conquer type situation, but I'll confirm. Obviously Jesus is going to open though. Uh, he's, he's aged out of juniors anyways. Do you guys want to do, let's move along to the top five and see, cause we've already talked about a lot of these guys either are returning world champions, national champions, or likely number one in the world. This is an all-star cast. So this is a, a stacked top five flip side. Some of them might be taking their foot off the gas because they're looking ahead to worlds. Some of them are going to be in battles and they don't have that option. Some of them are going to be in battles and they're going to be pushed to the limit 
and it's going to be an insane amount of points or you start missing lifts and your total just goes down because you're, you're in a battle. <laughs> and uh, so it can work both ways, those battles on you. Um, and then you also have to take a look at the personality of the lifter. And if you expect they are the type to take the foot off the gas anyways, like I like, you know, anyways, let's talk about these top fives. Bill, how about you first, sir? All right. So I have, I'm going to go five to number one. All right. How about that? So I got Taylor Atwood, number five, Delaney Wallace, number four, Chance Mitchell, number three, Mikey D, number two, and Jonathan Keiko, number one. And talk to me about the flip of uh, Michael Davis and Chance. Only because, um, yeah, tell me that. You you just think that like Chance is going to miss, fall back, and you think Mikey D is going to go a little heavier in there? Yes, I think Mike's going to have to push it a little bit. And I think Chance is – I mean, he's not going to be, like, neck and neck with um, with Jonathan, right, with Keiko. He's going to have to, you know, jump over him. And so if I think he's going to miss his last deadlift and come in second place, so there's going to be a little bit of a gap there. It's not like he's going to be, like, two and a half kilos behind Keiko. You know what I mean? Mm. The, okay. the, the, body, the body weight does play a role a little bit too. Keiko seems to be a little bit on the lighter side compared to Chance. So you get a little bit difference in the total, a little bit difference in the body weight. It can uh, sway a few points. I don't know. Matt just shook his head. I think <laughs> Chance is coming in light, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 90 kilos. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Okay. I'll, you know what? I might as well go because I'm pretty much the same as you. The only difference I have. So I have Taylor coming in at number five. Uh, Cause I think he's going to draw, especially after I seen the post today, I don't think he's pushing it cause he's injured. It'd be really silly from the push it um, just punch his ticket, try to rehab as much as possible and do his thing at worlds. Um, I got Delaney Wallace at number four. I honestly believe, and this is where I was kicking it around in my head. If Delaney went full send and he was going all out, I was going to put Taylor and, and this is conceivably Taylor was going all out this before. If we were just going all outs, I was going to have Taylor number one Delaney number two. Cause I, that's 100% the way I thought it was going to go. I, as a matter of fact, I think if Taylor was around 800 kilo, he's still number one. I don't think he's going 800 though uh, with being injured. And I thought Delaney Wallace, if he goes full on out. I would have him around 845 range. Sound crazy. It isn't. He almost a year ago was 822.5. It's not the craziest. I mean, take a look at Chance, Delaney Wallace, and he's confident. He's like, I think I'm going to hit an 850 sometime in 2022. He posted that in his stories. Um, So I had him around 845. That would have made him good for number two. But I agree with you, gentlemen. There's the battle isn't here for him. The battle will be at Worlds. Tim Monogatti, he needs everything to beat Tim. Um, so I think he won't go all out like that. My number three is going to be Michael Davis. The reason why I got Michael Davis, um, in terms of I have him with a 930 total, it's a 114.84 points. Um, but that's if he goes 930, which I think is his top end. And for all the reasons, like, I think the 105s globally, he's got competition. The 105s here, obviously, LS is no joke, and he's a two-time world champion, and, and uh, he's forever that the Rocky story underdog because that's how we won titles. But I think it's a big ask, and I think Michael Davis is going to be able to take his foot off the gas and looking ahead at Worlds when you have guys like Emil, 
uh, waiting for you. And, you know, not to get into a whole preview show here, but Emil was capable and beat um, Anatoly himself and he could push it. And he's got a killer deadlift himself and he's a threat. Um, you know, there's a lot of 105s that are going to be threats. So, and, and who knows what's going to happen with Anatoly. So I think he's going to let it drift a little bit. And that's why for me, I have chance in number two. I think he is going all out. Even if he doesn't beat Jonathan, I think he's going to, I think his points are going to be high enough with an 875. I think that's a 114.47. So, but I think Michael Davis is, depending on how much he takes his foot off the gas, chance just can't take his foot off the gas. I think even if he misses his last uh, deadlift, he's going to have higher points if he hits. Oh my God. Um, I mean, he's probably number one. Uh, out of everyone in this. And that leads me to my number one, because I obviously I picked Jonathan based off of, you know, being a world champion previously, being in US Raw Nats previously in wanting so many battles um, head to head and going nine for nine with an 890. I have them at 116.43 points. Um, So I have them number one. And that's why, you know, I'll toss toss this to Matt but that's why if Matt had chance, number one, he's not being a bias homer. Legit, if you pick chance to win, that's a legit pick. Because uh, you, if you're thinking that, like you could 100% argue that. And as a matter of fact, I mean, in terms of showdowns, that's probably one of the closest. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, if chance wins, then he's got it, man. He's at the top of the heat and from what I see. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I agree with what you said, Ryan. So I'll I'll go from from bottom to the top as well. And and um, you, know, you got Atwood at, at five. Um, and I agree one hundred percent. I've said this many many times. Um, Taylor Atwood is the best power lifter on the planet. Period. End of discussion. But because he's injured, um, he is going to take his foot off the uh, foot off the gas, and that's the wise thing to do. So I have him at fifth. Delaney Wallace, outstanding, um, but doesn't have to push. So I've got him at four. Mikey Davis, um, you know, has to push a little. Um, like you said, all due respect to uh, to Ellis McLean, formidable opponent, but but Mikey can take his foot off the gas a little bit. So I've got him at three. And then, of course, I'm going with Mitchell at one and Keiko at two because I'm not betting against my guy and because we get the final say. And so I'd be a fool not to, not to pick chance. And, again, that's not, you know – you, you can say what you will, but I, I hope both of these guys go nine for nine and knock it out of the park. And that's what I'm, you know, looking forward to. That's what I anticipate. And um, yeah, so those are my picks. Atwood five, Wallace four, Davis three, Keiko two, Mitchell number one. No surprises there, but yeah, it is. Uh, that's it. It's the shakeup, man. It all depends who wins that 93 for us anyways, right? That yeah. could flip me and you. We have the, essentially the same list, only that's the that's the tilting point that we have right. to agree to disagree and let's see what happens it's gonna be it's gonna be right. good it's gonna be can't miss arian what are you thinking sir well we we all end up with the same names but just slightly different order but i also have taylor at fifth but i will note that depending on how conservative he goes and some of these other guys it's really close on points so like i assume yeah. around 108 for taylor but i think like Rodrigo, Jonathan, Enrique, Tristan, Jesus will all be 105 to 107. So potentially one of them could jump into fifth. But I got Taylor at fifth at 108. I have Mikey Davis at fourth around 109. I got Delaney at third around 110. 
And then I got Chance at second at 112 and Jonathan Keiko first at 114. So um, those two guys, I think, are going to be a little bit gap above the rest of them because the rest of them are holding back. And then, yeah, three, four, five for us is just kind of, or really the three, four is kind of just who pulls back more. I think Mikey Davis, you know, just on how conservative he can be and potentially body weight, maybe Delaney pushes it a little bit more to maybe make sure he has a bigger total as far as nominations going the world and stuff. I just put Delaney at three and Mikey at four. That's that, that's a tough thing where if you think a couple guys might hold back, you could be talked into flip-flopping them, right? Because, um, you know, it's guesswork at that point. But when you see two guys in a battle, um, you're going with who you had picked in the battle. So then it becomes uh, all eyes on that clash. Um, all right. Well, there's our top fives, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you listen to our next podcast, which is the Women's PA nats preview show as usual wherever you're listening make sure you subscribe give us high ratings and uh, let's also do a quick tell everybody if they need coaching how do they get a hold of you matt they get a hold of me um best way to find me is uh, on our website which is just supreme sports pt.com my email is listed there mlgary72 at gmail and of course on instagram i'm just mlgary72 or if you type in sspt it should pop up and uh you're taking on clients for programming and game day handling uh at various events and yep primarily game day coaching that's that's my passion that's where i want to be you're now rocking with the best, as the kids say. Arian, how do they get a hold of you, sir? Uh, for websites, thestrengthguys.com. You will see all our options on there. And then Instagram, um, at Coach Arian K. Uh, we do everything, you know, uh, online coaching, meet day handling. We have coaches for nutrition and stuff like that. So uh, we have all the options depending on what the person's looking for. Gary, or, God, Gary, uh, Matt. Or sorry, Bill. freak Bill. She's like, I can't get off. Look at man, how much did I miss you? William. <laughs> William. That's right. <laughs> William. Hey, just send me a DM at get the lift on um Instagram. That's the easiest way. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. There it is, everybody. Make sure you listen to the next one. Until next time.